When the world has got you down Alzheimer's sucks. It's an equal opportunity disease that chips away at everything we hold dear. And to date, there's no cure. So until there is, we continue to fight with the most powerful tool in our arsenal, love. This is Love Conquers Alls, a real and really positive podcast that takes a deep dive into everything Alzheimer's, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And now, here are your hosts, Susie Singer-Carter and me, Don Priest. Hello, I'm Susie Singer-Carter. And I'm Don Priest, and this is Love Conquers Alls. Hello, Susie. Hello, Donald. <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm, I couldn't be sweller. Well, I that's... don't know if that's a word, but we're going with it today. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, we just, finished how's, this... uh, how's things? What's new? Things are great. We're also doing another podcast. That's why. So we'll give ourselves a shameless plug called I Love Lucifer, which is nothing to do with the really the real demon world. Really, it has to do with Hollywood. So it's a, it's a comedy horror, but it's really a, a metaphor for Hollywood. And it's so much fun. We have Adam Levy from The Witcher, who is just mm-hmm. freaking amazing. And we launch on july 14th so we're super excited so if you guys all want to check out the uh trailer on apple podcast and if you like then follow and give us a little yeah. a little rating we really appreciate it we love to make it into the new and noteworthy list yeah and we're going to be everywhere once we launch we're going to be all over the place spotify and uh uh, iHeartRadio and everywhere, everywhere. you know, everywhere, so uh, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. But that said, we must bring it back to this podcast, which is Love Conquers All. And we have a really cool guest today, like he's doing amazing things. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. a little bit about him. Uh, his name is Kennedy Lofton. He's a driven nonprofit development professional and a sought after development educator and leader in the industry with guest teaching at Rice University, Glasscock School Center for Philanthropy and Nonprofit Leadership. He is currently the Chief Development Officer of the Montrose Center's Law Harrington Senior Living Center. Now, this is the first LGBTQ affirming senior living facility in Texas and one of the largest of its kind in the country. And we are so excited to learn more about the important work that he is doing. So let's say hello to Kennedy Lofton. Hello, Kennedy. Hello, Kennedy. Hello. So nice to have you. Hi, and happy Pride. Happy Pride, <laughs> happy for Pride. sure. For sure. What a way to celebrate it. You, you really, like... I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're excited. We're excited we have, to have yeah. you. Yeah, what a great cause. Tell, so um, tell us about, tell us a little bit about Kennedy. Well, my story is not that special. Like 25% of all LGBTQ youth, when I came out to my parents in Texas, because I'm a Houstonian, they had a hard time with it. And during the time I was separated from my family, I was housing insecure. But briefly, not like a lot of the youth that we serve that live on the streets for years. But that moment really marked my activism and really shaped what I wanted to do with my life. And so what I'm up to now, fast forward, uh, my, my parents and I are great with my family. My partner and I go out to all the family events. In fact... I think my family loves my partner a little bit more than me sometimes. <laughs> he is really fabulous. Aww. But what I, what my passion and my purpose is, is really to help empower the LGBTQ community. And the way I like to do that is through infrastructure projects like our very large senior living center for LGBTQ seniors and others. Um, but this is, this is sort of the thing that gives me purpose 
and it really allows me to to find that joy and to do something really incredible. And I always think about that little kid that was, you know, sleeping couch surfing and sleeping in his car when, whenever I need to get recentered in this Aww. work. That's beautiful. Wow. You know, it's it's so it's so um, serendipitous that we that we were introduced. Our last guest that we had was Christopher McLellan, who uh, really found the challenges of being, have, you know, being queer and, and having a part a life partner while he was going through the last stages of life and the challenges. And so through that, you know, there's always silver linings, right? And he was he saw the need for help, you know, for people who are caregivers in, in this society and within the LGBTQ plus. I, I found it, I, you know, and, and me being in my bubble, realizing, wow, that's an important community that, that didn't realize the bias and what kind of challenges are there. So this, this speaks to me so, so profoundly, what you've done, because our, our seniors are such a, you know, marginalized demographic and it's, it's, it's tragedy. Well, Susie, I could not agree with you more. And when we started this project in Houston, we realized we were going up against a lot of like queer ageism, a lot of issues inside the LGBTQ community, because for all intents and purposes, this is the first yeah. out generation. There weren't mm -hmm. LGBTQ, I mean, there were LGBTQ seniors before, they just weren't out, especially in cultural spaces like mm -hmm. the South. When these seniors, these brave heroes came out, they were coming out to build our first gayborhoods and queer communities. They lost their jobs. They were criminalized for wearing shirts like this if they uh. were a male, because it wasn't gender appropriate clothing. The, uh, until I was a, a, a senior in college, I was criminalized under Texas sodomy laws, which were overturned in 2003. So I was illegal, as a, an illegal <laughs> citizen, if you will, by being a gay man for all of that. But these they seniors, saw they saw it all. They lost their partners and friends in the mm -hmm. HIV epidemic, they're two times more likely to be aging alone, four times less likely to have the money they need for end of life because when they came out, nobody would employ them. You know, they could not get a job because you couldn't hire gay, lesbian, bisexual. We didn't even know what trans people in some ways were, were in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. These individuals did these, this incredible thing for us. And now at the end of the life, they're having to move into religious affordable housing complexes hide the photos okay. of their lovers, not let their friends from the community come, and they die of loneliness earlier, not being affirmed. And these were our leaders that helped everyone else yep. come out. And so just like about 18 other, wow. there's 18 other facilities like Law Harrington in the country so far, LGBTQ communities are realizing, wow, we really have to take care of these seniors that made all this possible for us it's i mean you know we're we live in los angeles which is a you know very different <laughs> cultural situation and when i first you know we first started you know doing some research and i said oh wow texas that's got to be a challenge <laughs> and obviously what you just told us yeah. absolutely and 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 for somebody on their own you know who's out there and just to even find a caregiver who would care for them, right? You know, let alone let. I mean, that must have been challenged, or still probably is for for many of these people. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, it's it's heartbreaking to think about that. And and what are what are what are what can they turn to? What do they turn to if they're you know if there's nothing like the facility like you have provided for them? I think about my mom who has had Alzheimer's for 15 years, and you know any kind of illness can eventually bankrupt you. 
if it's a long if it's a long illness and so we there aren't you know there's very few places that earmark uh, beds rooms places that have good care and you know quality care for people that are in you know in that generation that need that help and then let alone adding that extra hurdle and challenge from from your community it's got to be it's well it's heartbreaking to me and i think whether it's the progressive coasts or the bible belt we're seeing that lgbtq seniors are just a lot more vulnerable everywhere and we don't have resources for them because they're a new class they're, they're a new group the needs aren't always understood. Our communities have not spent the time telling the stories, building the organizations. And Susie, I think you bring up a really important point. There are national and regional, mm -hmm. like Montrose mm -hmm. Center, we're regional. There are things that are growing, but we're behind in building the infrastructure. And the question is whether we're gonna get it together in time for all of these seniors yep. that need us now. And uh, LA started this movement. They, they opened the first LGBTQ affirming mm -hmm. senior living center. And they could tell you they saw the same need. They saw the same discrimination, the same issues. Uh, and what we're doing is great, but it's still the beginning. It's the tip of what of the Where's it on the legislative sure. level? Because, yeah, on, on the legislative level, the, the, the government, you know, the people who, who make the laws and everything. I mean, I mean that, that's got to be a challenge because if you don't have them behind them or have some advoca advocacy See, there, yeah. uh, th that really makes things difficult. And so where, where is it at in Texas? Well, Texas is a unique space where the cities are pockets of LGBTQ acceptance and normalized life for the community. And then the rural areas where a lot of our political representation comes from, it's the opposite. And we are a political issue. But across the country, the advocacy issue for LGBTQ seniors is it does not have it's the place it needs to have yet. It's the same situation we're talking about with infrastructure, but also with politics. Politicians haven't been hearing about the needs of LGBTQ seniors for decades and decades yeah. and decades, you know? And so it's, we're, we're, we're kind of new to the table. And what we see is we see moments of progress and moments, step, step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. Um, we take, maybe this is a Texas approach because we've been in a, such a interesting political environment for so long. We take yeah. a very community yeah. focus. Right. We are the non-traditional family that steps in for right. these people that don't have their family. Right. That's what we want to be. Uh, they have so much to contribute to us, so much oral history and culture. The community space we're able to build in Law Harrington is this place where our community gets to go and learn about Houston Stonewall event in 1977. The Nita Bryant protest, our town meeting one in 1978, which built the Montrose Center and every other, almost every other LGBTQ organization being being with these leaders that are now moving to Law Harrington, they have their, their bills, their financial, their rent taken care of. Yeah. They're back to their purpose, whether that's art or activism, that they're launching and developing HIV right. and aging coalitions out of the new facility. That This yeah. is not a place to rest. This is a place, a community right. center of activism, wow. of purpose, of art. And so that community approach is really about preserving and building that power. And politics is important. We want everyone to vote. We want every single, you know, if you're an LGBTQ person or an ally, vote, 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 vote. But we are going to do what we yeah. can on that micro. We'll meet them. They'll, they'll, they'll go top down. We'll go grounds yep. up. We'll meet yeah. in the middle. 
And I think I think there's power, you know, in 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 our tribes, right? So it's like if if every if every senior tribe can hold on to each other too, because it's not like we're not everyone, you know. And of course, the queer community has had challenges, you know, that are that are beyond any most other communities that I'm talking about. However, the you know the the discrimination for the aged is is universal. It just is, and th and that that to me, like you said, there's a there's such a tremendous loss of of of, of history and and art and and storytelling and and just and, and knowledge that we're missing out because we put them away and lock them up, and we don't we you know and if they're just we we keep them alive and I've always had that issue the difference between quality and quantity, you know. Well, and there's so much. There's so much about this project that I think is going to speak to you, Susie, because it's not just an LGBTQ, LGBTQ mm -hmm. affirming facility. I'll try that again. Susie, there's so much about this project that I think that you are really going to speak to you because it's not just LGBTQ affirming. It's a partnership with Houston's historically African-American community. Two neighborhoods in Houston gentrifying their seniors the fastest. Montrose, our LGBTQ neighborhood. Yep where I'm sitting in right now, and then the historic Third Ward, which is our African-American neighborhood. We've gotten together as two communities that have faced discrimination, homophobia, transphobia, mm. and we're not separate communities. There are many LGBTQ folks in the historic Third Ward. There are many uh, African-American, Latinx, like Houston. We have so much diversity. So this project pairs those two communities that have always been next to each other for forever and have been fighting together sometimes yeah. and sometimes fighting against each other, but into one beautiful place for, for both of these powerful That's what I'm talking about. communities. That's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. That's so close. powerful. You yeah. know, it just really is. It's a, it, it's, I'm getting chills from that because that's, that's what we need. We just need, we need, you know, all the, all of our marginalized communities to, to the, there's strength in that because, you know, just your, uh, you know, you take a, the white straight community, and 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 I, and which I'm in my, a little bubble here in my Los Angeles with my mother, and in, in at the Jewish home, right? And 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 we, I see it, and I think, my God, if 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 I'm hurting for her in the best place she can be, what is uh, what are other people experiencing? Right. I've got a scary stat for you. Before the pandemic, so pre-COVID, I don't have any post-COVID numbers, the National Co Coalition for the Homeless said for every one affordable senior living apartment, nine seniors were waiting on average three to five yep. years. Yep. And so where are they in and that so, time? Where, where are they? Where, 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 yeah, what happens? Who's taking care yeah. of them? Who's taking care of our seniors? Yeah. Nobody in that Nobody. case. <laughs> I mean, the streets in LA right now since COVID have exponentially just right. become their homes, their little, you can't, I mean, there are tents there, and tents and there's tents. There's tents everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if that doesn't speak to what we're doing wrong with our infrastructure, I don't know what does because it, it you know, I've lived my whole life in LA. I've never seen it like this ever. It's, it's extraordinary. It's like apocalyptic. The only positive way I can respond to that is for my pandemic, this is what got me through on a mental yeah. health level. As soon as we got our occupancy permit in January, we started moving in our housing insecure homeless seniors. Wow. As soon as, soon as we could. Wow. And so we are completely full at grand opening on June 24th. We were 
percent. Wow. That's 112 units, 137 seniors. And so that gave me a lot of joy. It's a drop in the bucket, but it gave me a lot of joy because I'm meeting each one of these heroes. I'm meeting the legendary and iconic Dina Jacobs, who's a trans woman who's been doing drag for 57 years. She, as a trans woman, could not work in a corporation in Houston. Some will say even now she can't work in a corporation in Houston. Her jobs were in the bars as a performer, and that didn't come with a 401k no. plan. To be able to put her in a beautiful brand new apartment with two walk-in drag queen ah. closets and, mm. sh and, and to have her say that she never felt like she had a safe oh. place to call home since she transitioned and left Hawaii. And now she's 74 and she left Hawaii when she was 16 and now she feels it again because she's at the Law Harrington. She walks through the Rainbow Tower into her beautiful place and she's affirmed and she's safe. And that's one of 137. Yeah. And, and that, there's a lot of joy in that. And we do have to take that time and we have to spend time in yes, that joy and right. spend time in that story mm -hmm. because we need to build lots more of these. Absolutely. We got to do this work. And we can't do it from a place of, wow, this pandemic has yes, drained yes, us. Right. We have to do it from a place of like positivity and passion. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll share as many stories with as many people as I need to so that they can catch that yep. fire and go and get what they need to do. We're so excited that Dallas has announced theirs, that New Orleans has visited to check out ours, San Antonio's come over to visit, right. check out ours. Fort Lauderdale's already building it, so we will soon not be the only one in the South. Um, and and you know the movement just continues. That's beautiful. And, that, and that this is, is yeah, that I is mean, true. That's I mean that's the, that is our philosophy as as like storytellers and just human beings, Don and I. I mean that when we did our film, My Mom and the Girl, which is based on my mother, who by the way the story revolves around when I the girl is not me. The girl is a trans woman that my mother met on the street, and they have a meeting that is so gorgeous. Oh that that it's it'll it'll it's just you'll have amazing. to see it you have to see <laughs> yeah because yeah. we'll, my mother yeah. that sounds like exactly my kind oh, of jam maybe <laughs> you would love my mother all of five foot tall uh you know and this six foot gorgeous woman who was my mother talked her down at a, on a court street corner in downtown la and she was like you are gorgeous look in the mirror I love you, and if no one else doesn't, they're just jealous or stupid, you know. And that, and <laughs> or that, both, or both, and they that changed it changed my mother's life with Alzheimer's and hers for that moment, and maybe who knows? But I know, you know, it's 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 so. But that's that's also what, yeah. When you're when you're bringing, you know, you said there was 112 units, or was it 130? Whatever. Yeah, no, 112. 112 that's yes. 112 lives. That's 112. It's not units. That's lives. And, and we got two bedrooms oh. though, too. 1,200 to 1,400 okay. square awesome. foot. Don't tell New York. We so don't do studios. You're building, okay? you're building, <laughs> <laughs> so you're building a new one bedrooms and two bedrooms only. Our seniors deserve it. They and deserve those closets. Yes, those walk-in closets. Walk those big kitchens with full appliances, washer and dryer inside. Big old kitchen island. They've earned it. They've I earned it. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> We also have cheaper everything here because it's yeah, Texas. So, you know, that's true, that's so you, true. You, you, you've brought together this new you've created a new community of people that may have been so isolated, maybe for their entire lives. And now suddenly you're bringing these right. these. I mean, talk about purpose, you know, creating purpose for people, because that's all anyone wants is purpose in life. And now to just suddenly have these connections and suddenly feel like, wow, I'm I'm. I'm a person. I have a community. Affirming, I have yeah. friends now. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, my God, mm -hmm. if nothing else, <laughs> I, 
the beauty of that is amazing right. and and the the therapeutic yeah. uh benefits of that is it, it must be incredible you, what does it look what does it feel like to see that happening we were at the grand opening on june 24th and there was so much love and so much joy and for houston's queer community it was the first big event where we got back together and over multiple receptions to do as much covid restrictions as we can we had more than 500 people come through and to walk into the different rooms, whether it's the fitness center or the library or the multi-purpose rooms, the, the, the pantries, the kitchens, the social service suites, the medical clinic, and just seeing our seniors sitting there chatting with the community, with community members that haven't seen each other, it yeah. is beautiful. It's, it's just it's beautiful. It's got to be the most joyous. Right? It, it, joyous. It's better than we joyous. had hoped. It's got to be joyous. And that, yeah. yeah. And that's it's what I was, I've, I've got off track a little bit. I just wanted to say is that the reason, the reason why I was talking about the film was that it was all about reframing how we think about things, right? So we were reframing it in a right. positive way and saying, you know, life doesn't end because of this. Life can begin in a different way. And there's all, there's gifts in every situation and you just have to look for them and be, and lean into them. And that's it, you know, and that, that, you know, there's, there's, when, when we, when we marginalize, we lose, we lose out. You, everyone loses. Everyone loses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone there there are so many gifts in each mm -hmm. particular human being right and so we, we can get boiled down into letters lgbtq or different mm -hmm. kind of demographics and all of these different slices but the magic is conversation and the magic is that humanity and so i think of, of one of our seniors who was born with dwarfism and she's a lesbian and she struggled her whole life she, she didn't have any family she was put up for adoption she was on her own she worked in a newspaper in Houston and then on the weekends worked in a lesbian bar, met her partner, but the neighborhood or the queer neighborhood started getting expensive in the 90s. So she had to move out way out into what I call the hinterland. Yeah. Where I'm the from, hinterland. This part of, around Houston. And then her partner died and she has dwarfism. And this is before the Affordable Care Act. That's a pre-existing condition. She did everything right and so did her partner, but all of her money was gone. And then she's living out in, in, a, in a house she can't keep up by the time we find her, it doesn't have air conditioning. It doesn't have a working refrigerator. And she is trying to survive, but she has no family. She has no connection to community. She you know, took care of her end of life with uh, cremation, with no ceremony. And then she heard about the Law Harrington. Well, right then we were just, we had our There's No Place Like mm -hmm. Home campaign. Because we used Wizard of, Wizard of Oz and the Wiz as the combining metaphors for the LGBTQ and the African-American community. She got on the wait list. We started helping her out. She was one of our first 15 seniors to move in. She moved in with her dog. We have a pet-friendly okay. facility. And now she's active. She's in organizations. She has this entire lease on life. For her birthday, she told me that the team that built Law Harrington, it's a big team, there's so many of us, that she credits them with saving her wow. life. Bless, you. Bless all of you, really. It's just amazing. Well, what's interesting is we get so much right? more. Like, I am so much better of a gay man, of a Houstonian, of an ally to my African-American community because of this oral yeah. history, yep. this culture, I get the privilege yeah. to absorb. By getting to interact with these seniors, I come out so much it, more. I like, say that just, all the time. I say, like, I had no idea. Like, I... During the pandemic, we couldn't. We weren't allowed to go and visit my mom. We, I was having to Zoom. And, and, I, and I missed going there and, and, you know, all of the seniors that became my friends, right? And, and we'd, we'd sit there and talk. There was 
actors who were like in their 90s and they're like, you know, telling you stories. And, and it was just, oh, wow. it just, I loved them so much. I loved them and I missed them. And we lost some. And it was heartbreaking because we couldn't see them. But I, but I feel yes. more enriched. Yes. Like you said, I walk yes. away feeling so much more than I ever imagined. And, be, and being in this caregiving world and being at least at, at least a, a, a mouth for it, a spokes, you know, some, some small way makes me feel better than anything I've, enriched. I've ever yeah. enriched. It's yeah. An, it, yeah. It's changed my it's, life. It's, yeah. And that's what I think you hear from, I mean, most caregivers that they, you know, they, especially like family, caring for family, which is always daunting and frightening and everything. And, and Susie can attest to this. Absolutely. That after no matter how hard it was, you wouldn't trade it, you know, because you, it changes you as a person. Um, yeah. I, I can't even imagine in your, in your situation, even though these aren't your family, they become your family. Yeah. And to, so the, the, the enrichment and the joy and the fulfillment you must get it, it, it must be indescribable. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's everything. Yeah. It's a <laughs> Luckily, I have 97 other staff members, an incredible diverse team that all get to experience that. And we've built this massive amenity space with all of these different rooms and all of these outside gardens so that the, we, look, it's happening in every single LGBTQ neighborhood. We make it cool. <laughs> people move in, the prices go up and our community institutions can't pay the rent okay <laughs> ain't that so the truth we have to be strategic <laughs> and build ain't i mean in every truth. single city in every single yes. city, and actually internationally yes. this is what we do okay um and so we have to be intentional so we've intentionally built this this community space and it will naturally our youth programs our homeless youth will go over there and sit down with our activist seniors mm -hmm. and magic you know and then corporate groups and community groups will come in and do gardening projects and food projects. We had a Juneteenth mm -hmm. uh, brunch, very first brunch at the Law Harrington. And you can imagine we're celebrating because if you don't know, Juneteenth right. is really about That's Galveston. Right. That's when it got down here, really into the deep South, right? And so to celebrate this Juneteenth brunch and this new beautiful rainbow facility with African-American seniors and the LGBTQ senior, LGBTQ plus seniors, it was wow. wild. It was That's really amazing. Wonderful. I mean, how is this being funded? It's not coming from the government. What's going on? Who's paying for this? How how did this from how did you start it? What how did this become what it is today and where it's going in the future? Well, one of the reasons why you're talking to a cis white guy with a lot of privilege and not one of the more diverse members of our team is because we raise a lot of money and it helps right now for a lot of different reasons in the South, from sexism to racism or whatever, for fundraisers to look like me. And that kind of privilege mm -hmm. is hopefully something we can overcome. But this project took the big political leaders. It took 43 years of history to make. It took a lot of federal dollars, a lot of city dollars, mm -hmm. and a lot of community dollars. So we had the first, we were the first large city to have an out lesbian mayor in Mayor Anise Parker. And so she threw her weight behind it at the same time that a really impressive representative from Third Ward, Representative Garnett Coleman, was doing the same nice. thing. And those became our two co-chairs. And then our next mayor came in and he supported it. And so we got federal tax credits 
for almost 14 million of the cost. We got city money. We got the land from wow. uh, Third Ward for free. And then we went to the community and raised the rest of the money. And that's how we're able to build the largest in the country by square footage. It's more than 137,000 square feet facility. Big one bedrooms that are like 750 to 900. Big two bedrooms, 1150 to about like 1350. So these are these are small yeah. for Texas. No, these are Texas size apartments. Um, but it, it's also how we got to have the largest because we had this three acre piece of land right in the middle of the city with downtown views and medical center views on bus lines, on a new rail line they're going to build. It's like on mana. Stop it's mana. On the facility. <laughs> so it was this. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty magic. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty incredible project. Uh, it, it may be one of the nicest ones because of all of this political power and community power coming together to make it so nice. It's better than I anticipated. Uh, yeah, My first wow. campaign. So, so what? I was just gonna say, what can we? What? Right? You're first. Not my first yeah, rodeo. I was gonna say that. So what? What if if people are listening and, and yeah, there there are we do have facilities in in Los Angeles and you know the coasts are a little bit more uh, progressive that way, but still there's a need for every little city sure. along the way. What can we do? What? How can we be? You know, as an audience helpful in 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 facilitating more of these kinds of, of, of facilities I think it's a community thing and, and, and that's and that's just kind of where I always go you know I, I don't know I'm not I'm not the guy that are the people that know how to make this happen nationally you know and, and I don't have the national solution but I do know according to the census every day 10,000 baby boomers turn 65 every day it's called the age wave <laughs> But yeah, in every single one of our neighborhoods, we have seniors and they don't have to be LGBTQ, but please know if they are, they're probably less likely to have family, more yeah. likely to be alone and have more vulnerabilities. But we have to do it on a macro level, excuse me, micro level. We really have to be in our communities, figure out what's going on in our community, figure out what's close. You're in LA, there's at least two, probably more mm -hmm. being thought of and built and constructed. You can get involved there or get involved close because the need is right. so much bigger than our society has ever seen. Baby boomers becoming seniors, the graying of yeah. America or the gray wave. I don't really like either one of those because, you know, I don't have <laughs> hair privilege. So the gray thing doesn't speak to me. Um, yeah. But like we, we got to do this everywhere. Yeah. We got to do this everywhere. We got to do it now. Um, and yeah, so you've created the blueprint already. You it's it's really more of just getting people behind it because you're already doing it in other cities. Right. You know, you see if you what you, your pie in the sky uh, you know, hope would be to see it everywhere, but you've done the important work already by saying this is, it's not just an idea, you're doing it, it's there. So, our senior program is 16 yeah. years old. Our building is what, two days old now? Yeah. Well, from grand opening, we had seniors in there since January, but we've had our spry program, and, and that's the thing, you don't have to start with the building. We didn't. It was 16 years mm -hmm. in that we, you know, opened the doors of our building. We started with a social group, a diner, uh, food delivery, mental health services, and we build and we build and we build. Um, and so you take it small, you create a 501c3. In Texas, there aren't many LGBTQ-focused organizations serving seniors. It's not prominent. In fact, we were looking around and we think that the social service suite we built 
which will have all the therapists and case managers and educators and navigators at Law Harrington, might be the only physical space dedicated to LGBTQ seniors yeah. in Texas. We're still looking, but so far it might be the only physical space. So that's where we are in infrastructure. But you can you can start. I mean, like I said, we did it without a physical nice. space. Yeah. So for, that, 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 that speaks to whether we can support. That's yeah. that's that is you did answer the question. You did because that is exactly <laughs> what we need. It's just more community and more uh, just awareness <laughs> and and the awareness brings the community and brings the compassion, brings the empathy and brings movement. It just does. So what level of care are you off meaning that there's obviously different levels you know there's alzheimer's there's you know there's physical levels things like that are you at a specific level uh as far as care and are you looking to expand that well the expand question i can't say yet because our board hasn't voted <laughs> on the next project they're telling me to finish paying off this one first and so it's a 26.5 million dollar project we got about a 1.1 million left so they're not going to vote on the next thing until we get we get that done um but when it comes, this is an independent living facility, the Law Harrington Senior Living Facility. And that's a big step up for us. And that means all of our seniors are able to live independently without an on-site caregiver. And that's why we have that social services suite and a full medical clinic on-site so that we can help. Now we do have a lot of ADA plus rooms. So these are rooms specifically for people that are blind in wheelchairs with, with, with uh, more mobility and other issues. And I'm really excited about those because that really brought in a phenomenal group of seniors that I'm, I'm really excited to see there really enjoying the space. So I would say it's independent living plus because we did some elements, but that that's the next challenge. Okay, so when our seniors at Law Harrington age out or all of the other hundreds of seniors that are visiting the complex, which is now the new LGBTQ community center, right. mm -hmm. where are we gonna put them when they need hospice? Where are we gonna put them when they need assisted living? So that mm -hmm. is the next challenge, but for us, that's yes. an education challenge yes. and a partnership challenge until we decide what our next build is. To, a little bit selfishly for our point is to say, that is such an important step, but where do they go? Where They should have the respect and the dignity to have some place to go as they are you know, entering their final chapter so they can have dignity and equality as they as they exit and, you know, cross the bridge. And I, you know, I, that's what I think you've started. You've started that and it's it's so powerful and it's so important. So I thank you so much for that. I mean, well, Susie, I got to tell you, we are very inspired by the Jewish community, the Jewish Federation, the incredible mm -hmm. Jewish community centers and senior centers here in Houston. We look at the cultural movement of the Jewish community and all of their different groups getting together and creating right. this infrastructure. Yes. And for all intents and purposes, that's our blueprint. Not only are there a lot of amazing Jewish members <laughs> in our yeah. community that can help us tell us how, how does the Jewish Federation exactly right. work? Because we don't have an LGBTQ right. Federation yet. We will, Susie. Right. And we'll, we'll, I'll let you know when we're, when we're getting that built. Um, but there are some great models from our other communities that have gone through some stuff and seen some stuff to teach us how to get this done. Dan, you're yeah. so right, you're so right. The Jewish home where my mom is at, and I always, I, I bless them and praise them so much because it is, you know, fully supported by by organizations and, and private private donors. Yes. Donors, and it's yeah. Not, and it's not just open to Jewish, it's open to everybody. So it's, you know, and, and when, exactly. Mm -hmm. And my, and it's like, just I don't like know, Law Harrington. By the grace yes. of God, I didn't have my mom on yeah. the list. I was like scrambling that, you know, when 
I won't go into details, but it was like I had a year to figure out where was I going to put my mom because I, I, I was her caregiver, but not her. I wasn't her financial caregiver, so wow. which often happens in families. So I had to figure out where to put her. And I, by the grace of God, you know, got her into right. the Jewish home for the rest of her life. And that is a peace of mind that you can't. It, amaz- like it's, it's the best everything. thing I've ever <laughs> done. I can sleep. I can sleep. Well, and Susie, your mom has you as an advocate. These seniors, and even a lot of our African-American seniors too, because of the lack of health care, because of the income range that they're in, a lot of them don't have surviving family or That's don't have family that can support them. And so your mom has you. And I'll tell you, some of the Jewish, commu- uh, su- sorry, some of the Jewish senior centers are yep. some of the best, or at least, at least around my neck of the woods. And, and so helping create and extend that type of cultural infrastructure to different groups. Because I bet you your mom never worries about being affirmed as a Jewish American in where, where she lives. You know, and, and that's what we want to provide. It would be great when we could get to a world where we don't need these divisions and every affordable senior living facility would be affirming to all. We're just yeah. not living in that yep. space yet. We're all fighting for that world. We're not there yet. And so this is a step along the way. And again, when you yeah. create those affirming places, yeah. just like when someone's able yeah. to come out and work, yeah. they're more productive. They they're have a reason. Yeah. They're oh, more God passionate. Yeah. God, yeah. And by the way, aging, <laughs> a- aging is a non-discriminatory uh, event and it happens not to me. all of us. So- Wait, Susie, we're going to age too? What? <laughs> well, not you and me. Not you and not us three. Everyone. Oh, else- no, I'm ready. I'm going to be... A 72-year-old in a pink suit. I'm oh. be, I got gay dandy. I got it worked out. Girl, I'm ready. Girl, I'm with you. Okay? I want to live where you're I'm like. already telling young ones, oh, you don't know what it was like back when I was illegal under the sodomy laws. You know? And I'm like, you know, I'm ready. I know. You, it's party time. Party time. No, but, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, is that we're all going to get, and it's the great equalizer, right? Because it's like we all going to go through the right. same thing, and it's the great, and it really just shows, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it, we take off our masks and we put them away and we're just human beings that live on this world and we we all have we feel and think and and have the same kinds of illnesses and and tragedies and happinesses we we're, we're connected in more ways than we even know right and so it's like Valerie Harper was said she had um, brain cancer and she's like we're all headed there you know no one gets out of this any other way uh, you know, not going there till I'm ready, but you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that your unity message is is such it's it's the, that's the power behind pride, right? In a world of more normalized LGBTQ acceptance, and even before that, we've always used pride to advocate for social mm-hmm. change. Right, whether it was the HIV epidemic, whether it was marriage equality, whether it was coming out and our rights. Last year, Black Lives Matter, the intersections of race, gender, and sexuality. I think that's one of the really cool things mm-hmm. about being queer. We're in every yep. culture. We're that's in every so race. True. We're in every so religion. True, yeah. There are LGBTQ folks everywhere. And when you go to our parade. It's the, the rainbow. LGBTQ it's parade, the rainbow. You see yeah. yeah. And it's a model. It is the rainbow. Yeah. It's the rainbow. And and, and we got to do more of that, right? And and like sometimes in Houston, you'll go to the Juneteenth parade, it'll be pr- predominantly African-Americans, or you yeah. go to another parade, it'll be predominantly another group, and you go to the Pride Parade, and right. it's everybody. 
And that may not be the same in every single space. It's the way it is here in Houston. But I think that is one element that the LGBTQ liberation movement can That's bring to the so table. That's so true. Like, we know what it's like to be discriminated inside of our own cultures, and we're, we're everywhere. We're already, we're already connected. We don't have to build That's, the bridges because we're already inside of That's a brilliant observation. I know it's simple observation, but it's so, it's a, that's really a, it's a profound, you know, complex, it's just a concept it, of it. Yeah, and it shows that we, yeah, we do. It makes sense. You yeah, are. I mean, we have a lot more in common than we have differences as human beings. We really do. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's that philosophy, love is love, yep. unity, um, equality yep. for all, it builds places like Law yep. Harrington. People will look and be like, how did you get the African-American community and the LGBTQ community yes. to build a senior center together? It's that right. idea. Like when you boil down what we are, what pride is, you, you get down to the root that we can't have full mm -hmm. LGBTQ liberation until black lives matter and trans lives matter and go down right. the list. Immigrants lives matter, all of those elements. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it is a profound observation, I think, for yeah. queer communities and a way that other communities yeah. can use queer communities yes. as a resource. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, that is that is a, a daunting goal, and but it is doable. I mean, there's still there's still, you <laughs> right. know, tremendous amount of anti-Semitism yeah. that is, you know, still permeates. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, and, and now, right you know, now, that's so... My partner is Asian. Wow. In oh, Texas. Boy. Oh, boy. Wow. And, and, you know, he immigrated from Vietnam when he was 12, and he runs Vietnamese restaurants in Texas. And, and he actually runs them in the hinterland. He's not inside the city proper where we live. And, and yeah, uh, yeah he, he, wow. he's got all kinds of experience. Yeah. And, oh, you know, the, the, um, yeah. the Jewish community and the African-American wow, community yeah. used to be very bonded. And it's, it's, it's a shame because they have, there's, in, the, in recent years, they've, you know, grown more apart. And I'm hoping through things like this that, you can that you know it's it's these little grassroots things that that cause a, a larger movement and we do have to realize that we're all you know marginalized people are marginalized people no matter who you are and you you're you need to if, if we if everyone can comes together like what you're doing right now well you know you see the results and we just have to hope more yeah it's a it's a ripple it's the ripple effect you get to get the biggest LGBTQ yeah. farming affordable Hell yeah. complex in, in the Houston. United States, in Houston. In Houston. <laughs> with super big closets. Oh my God. <laughs> with really big closets. I, I'm jelly. So jelly. <laughs> wow, Kennedy, this was great. You are. Well, Susie, whenever you come and visit, we'll, we'll give oh, you a I tour. I can't wait. I cannot wait. That's going to be a party a party <laughs> in a block right there because that's going to be the fun. You've got to have the most fun people there ever. I mean, creative. The, the oh entertainment Some of our seniors can way out party oh. me. I have yes. no doubt about it. <laughs> the legendary drag queens you have on the facility. Oh. It just it, there. They just like go get changed. They, they do alpha change their own apartment. Come back down oh, and shush. perform. We had, we had several perform at our grand opening. That's and it amazing. was Oh, my awesome. God. You, awesome. you are this is spectacular this was so much fun i am i applaud you thank you so so much it's an honor to meet you we love what you're doing so much so much you're a wonderful human being is there anything else that uh, you'd love to say or talk about that we haven't covered or 
You know, I just want to say that Houston gets a bad rap, and most of the time we're okay with it because it keeps everything cheap down here the way we like it. But uh, it's a really beautiful LGBTQ community. We're not asking for tourists, but when you are down here, know that you are really going to be welcomed. And it is one of the most diverse cities, and it's been a thriving queer community since the 50s, one of the big ones. And not every city has that. Like, not, not every city has that history, but you can start it now. You know, like somebody in the 40s and the 50s started building Houston's queer community. And then it really got going in the 70s. And now we're all doing our part now. We just step into that history. So you may think you're in the most horrible place or that your neighborhood has nothing or there's nothing there for you. But that's just not the case. It maybe it's for you to start it. Uh, and, and, and that's what you're called to do. But uh, you probably, whoever, wherever you're listening from, don't think that Houston's got this going on. But wow. it does. Nice. That's amazing. And, and we, we just have to thank you for what you're doing for, yeah. I mean, so many people. And, and like we always talk, the, that ripple effect, yeah. you know, it's already well, started. It's and it, rippling. And it goes with, and, it goes with our <laughs> mantra, which is, Dawn, what, is our, what do we always say? Yeah. <laughs> we always say that love is powerful, love is contagious, and love conquers all. It really does. <laughs> and Kennedy Lofton, we thank you so much, yeah. and we hope to see you again. And Keep on doing it. Yeah, keep up with... Oh, we'll, I'll be we'll back. We'll have you. We'll have you all anytime. <laughs> all right. You guys subscribe, <laughs> like, follow them, follow, follow the Canadian. Inspired. Have a good one. Uh-huh.